Okay, Boker Tov, we start another week. We're in the Gomorrah Moed Kut, Yudalit Amid Aleph. We're going to back it up about two lines to where we ended off uh, last week by Boy Rabzera, just to uh, get us back on track. The idea of us having to take haircuts and wash our clothes before Cholamoid. And uh, the reason why we're doing that is so that we will make sure to take care of that before Cholamoid, because if we know we have time on a cholamoy to do it, won't do it before Erev Yantav. And they explain that similarly to the people, the Kohanim and the Levim and the Yisrael, who had to take their turn either working in the base of Mignesh or representing the Jewish people. And that was the same reason that they should not uh, come unkempt. So therefore, they can't take a haircut or um, um, wash their clothes at the beginning of their time. Okay, so we're just going to repeat. The Shaila we had yesterday, because we did uh, last week, because we didn't finish it, so I just want to refresh our memories. Bearing this in mind, therefore, our minister said certain things, uh, circumstances beyond your control that everybody knows was beyond your control. You were in jail and they just let you out on Cholamoid. Uh, then, of course, you are able to take a shave, a haircut on Cholamoid, because everybody knows you couldn't do this. Now we ask the question, what if you couldn't do it, but not everybody knows the reason why? That was the last week's question. I will quickly review. Boy, Reb Zera. Reb Zera asked the following, Shiloh, of the law of Eda Erevaregal, if you lost a lost object right before Yontif, and since you were looking for it the whole time, you did not have time to take a, a, a cut your hair. So Kiva, now here's the Shiloh. Kivan, the honest, since it was beyond your control, is it mutter, is it allowed? O Dilma, or maybe Kivan, the low muchach So since it's not evident to others, nobody knows you came out of jail. I'd rather everyone knows you came out of jail if you came out of jail, but not everybody knows that you lost an object. And then maybe low, you know, because then people will think, oh, this guy is going taking a, 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 a haircut. I guess other people could take a haircut. So the Gemara... And so that is the Shiloh. So Rabbi Abayi gives a, an answer from a Gemara Psachim. If remember we said when you're making matzahs, you're not allowed to make them with de- decorative figures um, what, scored into the matzah. Why? Because usually um, it'll ha- in one way or another, generally speaking, have the matzah become chametz. Because people, it takes a long time to make the decorations and therefore, it won't get done within 18 minutes. However, if you recall, there was a family of Baitus, was a baker who knew how to make these sikurikin, uh, sirikin, these uh, etchments, etchings, that he could do it without any problem. And the Gemara said, well, can they do that? And, and we said over there, Yomru kola sirikim So People will say, can it be that all other sirikim are forbidden but Sarike Baitus Mutarim and the Sarike and Baitus are okay. In other words, we can't allow this because then other people make the same mistake. And therefore, what's the answer to our question here? If a person lost his object before Chalamoid and nobody knows that he lost the object and he goes and gets himself a haircut, people are going to say, What's going on? You're not allowed to take a haircut. And this guy goes and takes a haircut. So it would seem from that Mishnah that talked about the making of the matzos from the family of Baitus that we did not allow them to make those special matzahs because people won't know the difference. 
Therefore, we should not allow a person to take a haircut on Cholomoed if he was uh, not able to take the haircut because he lost his object. That would seem to be a good proof. To which the Gemara says, well, what if you're going to take that reasoning further, that private matters, we're worried about what people think, then how are you going to explain the following? If that's going to be your position, let's take a look at something Ravasi said. Ravasi said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Okay, let's say a fellow is so poor, he only has one garment. Now, one garment is not going to last you the entire cholamoid. And let's, even if you wash the garment before cholamoid, right? So, um, the, um, uh, are you allowed to do this? So, Rabbi Yochanan says, Call me she'ein lo ela chaluk echad. Someone who only has one garment. Mutar lechapso b'chol shomoid. You're allowed to wash it on Cholamoed, but that extenuating circumstance isn't evident to everybody. Not everybody knows you only have one shirt. So according to your reasoning, then Rabbi Yochanan, would Rabbi Yochanan be wrong? Remember, Yochanan is a Tana, and he's saying you can wash it again because you washed it before Cholamoed. What do you want to do? Go around with a dirty clothing? You can have three shirts. He whatever whatever the amount is that's necessary. In, in, in those days, you know, I guess didn't have so many shirts. You're right, whatever the amount is. Yeah. And depending on your needs to uh, how long you can wear a shirt. Again, everyone has this uh, false notion you can only wear a shirt for one day. Yeah. You know, like what, what happened? It's like a Corbin Tumid that you have to... <laughs> You know, I, okay, if you were working out and you got it all sweated up. But if you're just sitting and it's clean and it doesn't smell, you know, it's a mitzvah to have to, you know, whoever, you know, people who do that are the ones who don't uh, wash the clothes. <laughs> Say, okay, I just gave someone else to wash it. But anyway, so, uh, so, so why is it allowed? No one knows that the guy only has one shirt. Or says, no, even though, don't, no, your supposition was it's not evident. It is evident. You want to know why? Because what does he wear when he washes that shirt? Nothing. Nothing at all. He can't wear nothing. And they're gonna wash and where and where they wash the shirts? The river. By the river. They're not they're not gonna sink in a house. Where did they wash the shirts in the days of the Talmud? Or until two hundred years ago, where did they wash the shirts? By the river. So everybody's gonna see what? He's going to see him without his shirt while he's washing a shirt. So they're going to know that he only has one shirt. Because if a guy has two shirts, if he's wearing a shirt while he's washing a shirt, then they're going to say, what are you doing? But if he's not wearing his shirt, they're going to know he only has one shirt. So it's not a proof from there because that's not an inconspicuous thing. And that's how the more reads it, it's going to say, uh, uh, wait, so we're not finished with the question. This is all part of the question. So Hasam is all, I'm, I jumped the gun. Hasam Nami, so you're going to say the same thing. Yomur kol asarikin asurim. You're going to say that all the sarikin, the etchings are prohibited. Usrike baitus, motusrike baitus are allowed. So why are we not concerned over here by washing the clothes? So ha'it mar Allah. So but didn't, um, wasn't it said on Rabbi Yochanan's statement who qualified it? 
Omar Mar Bar Ravashi, he says, a Zora Mochichalo. His belt indicates regarding him, meaning that he only has one tunic. Person only has one tunic would don a cloak or some other outer garment to cover himself while laundering his tunic. He would gird the cloak with a belt to prevent it from opening while he is so engaged. Onlookers would thus understand from the use of the belt that underneath the cloak he was bare-chested and thus was laundering the only tunic he possessed. Consequently, they would appreciate that this was a case deserving leniency. Alternatively, a tunic was always worn with a belt. Loops attached to the garment kept the belt in place. Person who owned more than one tunic would remove the belt from the tunic that he was not using and placing it on the tunic he chose to wear. However, he only had one tunic, he always left the belt in place even when he was washing the tunic. Thus, one who observes a tunic being laundered with his belt in place would immediately realize that the owner possessed only one tunic, etc., etc. Okay, no matter how you slice it, the guy doesn't have regular clothes. If he has two clothes, what's he going to do? He's going to wash one while he's wearing the other one. And then that's okay. That, that, uh, he, he's not allowed to do it under those circumstances. Fine. So therefore, it's no proof from that. Was the whole town watching people washing their No, clothes? but it's... it's okay, let me, let me ask you a, a different... Yes. Let me ask you a different question. How did they know he, he was washing his clothes? Yeah, exactly. Wait, wait. So, so what's the answer? I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. Okay. Uh, again, you, we we have very private lives now. Nobody knows if you don't step out of your house. Nobody knows what you're doing. Right. Now with uh, Amazon and all these uh, voila deliveries, you don't even have to ever get out of your house. Period. Someone knows what's going on. You do your laundry. But, but there, everything was public. There's no such thing as privacy. You wanted to take a shower, you went with everybody else to the bathhouse. Everybody knew if you were going to the bathhouse. Everybody knew if you were washing your clothes. Do, do what? Go, take a shower. We went to a ladies' bathhouse. Yeah. <coughs> Can't have ladies' hours. <coughs> so washing clothes. They all went. It was like a gathering place. So on Cholamoid, on Cholamoid, nobody's supposed to be washing clothes at the river. It's Cholamoid. So nobody's uh, there watching. Wait a minute. But there's somebody there. Okay. And then, again, people go. It's And it wasn't like it was 20 miles away. You know, you could probably see from your house down, at the, you know, what's going on all over the town. It wasn't like... You know, 10 miles away. It had to be close walking distance, the river, no? Where do you think they built the cities? You know, within very close. You're the one carrying the jugs of water to, to, to put water. It's not 10 miles away, right? It's not you're driving to Costco to buy water, okay? You have to schlep it and wash it and this and that. It was very close. So everybody knew what everybody was doing. And that could perhaps modify certain halachas nowadays, because nowadays not everybody knows what's going on. So therefore, many of the halachas that we're saying that people will see will have rooms for leniency nowadays if people will not see, depending on the circumstances. So here, you know, we're talking about circumstances beyond your control. Nobody's blaming this guy. It's not his fault. 
Still, we were saying, Ashila, can you do it or not? Because people don't know. So regardless how we would paskin in the Gemara's times, let's say we paskin according to this, so we'll see in a minute what the psak is. Regardless, let's say we paskin, you can't do it. Why? Because people are going to see. Aye, but now if you're home, nowadays in 2023, nobody knows if anybody's washing their clothes. Generally, if you have a dryer, if you have a dryer, there's still, is anybody still who hangs the laundry to, to dry? In Israel. In Israel? Yeah. Because nobody's too expensive electricity. Yeah, no, because the dryers are useless. We have this expensive dryer, it barely works. That's how they, they make these dryers. I'm okay. telling you, and, 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 and you go out in January on your Mirpeset, and you hang everything out, and it's all dry in 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm okay. You. That's what we do. Okay, so I'm just saying. So, so that's a classic example of why you would not be able to wash the clothes yeah. on Cholamoy. Yeah. And and do, do you think anybody has an eye can see into your marpesa? Of course they could. Of course they can. There's a million people on the other side of the street right. who see what's going on. So therefore, that that's where the halacha will adjust because depending, it can be done privately. This was version number one. Of Rabzera's Shiloh. That's version number one. Now, Ravashi, Ravashi Masne, but Ravashi, he taught Rabzera's Shiloh as different. Over here, the Shiloh was nobody knows that he lost the object. Can he wash his clothes or not? Ravashi said that Rabzera's question was a bit different. Boy, Rabzera, Rabzera says, not a regular guy. But Uman let's say a skilled worker lost an object on the festival. Let's say a guy like a barber. So many people need his usage need of services on Erev Yontif. People go to, to Joe Yosef's barber shop and says, closed. What do you mean it's Erev Yontif? I lost my uh, whatever. So he's looking for it. You see how Nogea this halacha was? Because this month is Shabbos. After Shalshudas, there was one of the ladies in the shul. She put her uh, a wedding ring, the, the engagement ring, diamond ring, on the counter next to the washing station. And she didn't find it afterwards. And she was rummaging through the garbage and this and that and everything and did not find it. So you could clearly see that a person gets very distraught by it, and they spend a lot of time looking for it. Baruch Hashem, somebody found it and returned it to so oh, worry. <laughs> but uh, so clearly, if the barber lost an expensive item, he's closing the business over here. So now the question is, Mao, what is the law now regarding who? <laughs> it's an interesting. Question. Who's the law? I imagine. What would you say? Everybody else. No? Why, why are people not getting a haircut today? Because the barber's busy. Well, or maybe him. We'll see. Kivan de Umanu, do we say since he is an artisan? Mukhamils, it's evident to all that he was unavoidably detained from cutting his hair prior to Yantiv. And so he should be allowed to do so on Cholomoid. Whereas his client saw he was busy searching for his lost object and thus was unable to cut his own hair. I don't know why the Gomorrah isn't asking about anybody else. Yeah. Like, what about everybody else? Yeah, they they seem to only be asking about him. So what does that mean? They're saying, well, 
I guess the point is they went to get a haircut, and how come he's closed? Right. So they find out how come he's closed. He lost an object, so everybody knows about it. I don't know why it's not asking on the regular people, because they're not they getting haircuts yeah. also. But anyway, so do we say that is obvious? Oh, Dilmar, perhaps we say, maybe it's not as evident as the other exceptions. It's not as evident as, let's put it this way, you have a guy released from jail, a good example of that is when Rubashkin got released from jail, everybody knew his respect. What if he got released on Cholamoid? Yeah. Well, he wouldn't take a haircut anyway. He's a Lubavitcher. Uh, no, a haircut he would take, not a shave. So everyone would know. Okay. Now, reverse, a person who uh, doesn't have only one garment uh, or, or the guy who lost his private object, nobody knows. But now this guy is, could say it's in between. Because it's not as obvious that he's not there as opposed to getting out of jail. So maybe it's not as obvious. So that's the Shila. So maybe, lo, he's not able to take the haircut. Okay. Now, oh, this is the whole point. The way they were explaining was like Rashi. The Miri says, the Gemara is inquiring whether all the townspeople may cut their hair during Cholamoid when the barber wasn't available. So you see, it was a Shila even for everybody else. So how do we resolve it? But here, instead of trying to have an answer, as we did with the first child, the guy who lost his own personal item and was not a barber, here the Gemara says, Teiko, the question remains unresolved. Therefore, what's the halacha? So the Mukayo says, since it's unresolved, the barber may not cut his hair during Cholamoy. That's what the Mukayo says. However, the Beis Yosef infers that the Rift, the Rush, and the Rambam also rule stringently. But the Gosashri in the name of Arzurah concludes that the hair cutting is permissible. So this is all now Machlokas in the Rishonim level. The Beis Yosef wonders why the aforementioned poskim are stringent in this case, contrary to the general rule that we decide leniently when a doubt arises regarding rabbinic law, because this is all a... Cholamoid, sir, my rabbinic. Okay, and then the question is, well, who's the teiku going on? Is that some say this whole Gemara, the teiku? Remember, did we really resolve the first question? Let's go back to the first question. It was just a regular guy who doesn't have it? So we wanted to give an answer. He shouldn't be allowed because he will say, "What's the difference?" Then we asked from another question, another place, and we answered the other place. Seen from the other Gemara, we said the guy can't wash his clothes by himself and when it's not evident that he has a good excuse. Some say, no, that the teku is going on both shilas. Either way, it seems that most poskim are being strict over here. That's how it would come out from this Gemara. Not only the case of the private guy who loses it, but even the barber who loses it, which is not completely obvious but semi-obvious. So that would seem to be the halacha. But again, that's only because people will see these things that he is... Now, with the barber, that's already a little different because the hair he's cutting his hair on Chol Hamoid. So if he's cutting his hair on Chol Hamoid, everyone's going to see he's cutting his hair on... He's, hey, got a nice haircut. Hey, it's Chol Hamoid. What's going on? 
So it would seem from this Gemara that if it's not obvious why you didn't take the haircut, you could not take the haircut. That's, that's what it would seem from this Gemara. But the whole town won't take a haircut either. The same thing applies to them. So, so that might be if it's the whole town. That's the question now. So therefore, you have to now apply it in your situation. So let's do a simple example. Let's say you go to Tony the barber or Ellie the barber. Okay, and never and, and you were, had an appointment for Erev Cholamayit, uh, Erev uh, Sukkot, Erev Yantif, yeah. and all of a sudden he's was sick. Closed. Yeah. Was closed. All right, what am I going to do? I had an appointment for four o'clock, mm-hmm. and then you want to go to the Goyish barber, Tony. He's on busy all, uh, you know. So now you can't take a haircut. Now, now you come to shul. Fifty guys see you. <laughs> Didn't take a haircut for Yantif. <laughs> right? And then on Cholomoy, he comes with a haircut. Well, you took a haircut. Oh, yeah. So in that case, it would seem you could not take the haircut. You see? Because if people are going to see you went and t- you didn't have the haircut, now you are taking the haircut. Or same thing with a shave, let's say, whatever. Well, let's say your, your race, uh, shaver broke. That could happen, right? You know, you're planning it. But on the other hand, clothes... People could not tell with clothes, right? You were going to do a whole, all your clothes you were going to do on Erev Yontif. And the machine broke, right? And there was no time to do, to go to a coin laundry or whatever. And then they fixed it on Cholomite, right? And you washed it on Cholomite. There, I don't know if people will know you did it. Because they don't see you going around with dirty clothes and all of a sudden clean clothes. So that will be a more of a reason so you see what the issue is. If you're not, it seems from the Gemara, if it's obvious you couldn't do it, then you could do it. But if it's not obvious, but people would see that you're yeah, doing the wrong do thing and think it's wrong, you can't do it. But if you couldn't do it, but it will not turn out to be obviously known to others that you're transgressing, it should be okay. You understand? You, you didn't wash your clothes, but you wanted to. You really wanted to, and the machine broke. Okay, so why should the rabbis punish you? What did you do wrong? You want to say, well, people aren't going to know that your machine broke, but they're not going to see you washing your clothes either. You're not going to the river. You're just in your own house. No one's going to know what you do in your house. So, okay, so then it becomes even a deeper shila. It depends how strict you want to be, because there's a whole debate that even though when something's prohibited because people might think wrong... Is it prohibited even in your own private house? That's a whole discussion that I don't want to get into right now. And there are those who would be stringent. Absolutely. So therefore, if you're a very, very particular person in halacha that you want to fulfill every opinion, you still wouldn't wash your clothes. Ah, you're going to ask, so what's the solution? You tell me the solution. Buy a new shirt. Okay. Buy a new shirt. All right. Uh, well, now you got to have the money. So now you begin to see where if a person asks a shila, it's not so simple. Yeah. The rabbi's got to know, can the guy, if he's a rich guy, I mean, really, you know, no problem. So, so buy a few new shirts. <laughs> What's uh, we'll call the other? Oh, okay, so that now becomes another interconnected question because you understand how this gets complicated because now, should you even be allowed to go and buy shirts? No. 
So according to the letter of the law, should you be allowed to buy clothes on Cholomoy? No. No. Unless you're going to say, well, you need it for Yontif. Yeah, so why didn't you buy it before Yontif? So here comes a new, a new spin. So really you shouldn't. And that's all of a sudden, like, so what am I going to do? Oh, let's go shopping. So all I could say is, that for women, that's their simcha, is to go shopping. For them, it's like a real simcha. They like to go, it's, they don't even have to buy anything, women. My mother-in-law of blessed memory, and I'm certainly some of your mothers or even wives, whatever, they, like, my mother would say, I went to Yorkville. She'd go to Yorkville, Yorkdale, like twice a week. It was like an event for her. Like, what are you going to do? So you go to Yorkdale, you see some of your Holocaust survivor friends, and you look and you look and you look. Nah, I'll wait till the price goes down. You know, they can go six times to that store, keep an eye on that dress, and then finally when it goes on sale, that was, you know, what, what they could afford to do in those days. So for some of them, that's like a pleasure. They love doing it. Well, I don't know. For most men, I do not think that that is a pleasure. So now, so now if you had a suit and the suit, uh, let's say whatever, you, you, you had shoes and the shoe ripped, you know, the whole sole came off in Cholomoyed. Obviously, you could buy a new pair of shoes, right? But uh, other things, really, Mitzadatim, in the spirit of Yantri, we shouldn't. And the other hand, people go, what are they going to do? They go crazy a whole day. These women, they're going crazy a whole day. They want to, they enjoy going shopping. <laughs> so there'd be room to be lenient, um, so to speak. And if you don't have the clothes, and if you don't have the clothes, there's a room to be lenient. So you can see where the halachas get very complicated. Okay. So there's so all what, these rules about what you can't do on full mode. But they don't really tell you what you should do. I mean, you just sit and study. Sure, sure they do. What, what do they tell you to do? First of all, you spend much more time davening. Right. You don't go to the fast minion. You go to a slower minion. Right. Cholamoid on Sukkis should almost be as long as a Yontif davening, yeah. but a little less. So that, and you uh, study Torah. What did they do when we had a base on English? What do we, you, had to, you had to go to the base of English. So what did you all day long? You're in your shalim. Okay, you brought your Corbin oldest Ria and your Corbin Shalmei Chagiga. Okay, so you brought that Corbin. Fine. Now what are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? There's, there's the Sanhedrin over here. There's yeshivas over here. You'd sit and learn. That, that's what you did. You sat to Hillam. You did, 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 you were, that's what Jews did. That's what the whole time is for. You talk to Hashem. You know, and, and that's that was the realities. So now it's hard now for people who have not trained themselves to sit and learn for hours and hours. So it's hard they can go Meshiga. So that's why now we have all these trips that we take. And that's not so bad either because parents have to have time to be with their kids. And this family time is certainly a, a use of Cholomite also to have family time. But... Uh, it's a challenge if people are not acquainted with the uh, Torah to an extent that they, you know, used to be in the good old days, again, the good old days, not that long ago, even a hundred years ago, let's see, yeah, about a hundred years ago, a Stambala boss, a Stambala boss, a shoemaker, he learned Torah, they knew Shas, the shoemakers, the whatever, they knew Shas. That was there. Were the people of the book? 
And they learned Tafyomi, and they learned, they spent two, three hours before going to shul, uh, before davening, and then when they came home from a hard day of work, they loved Cholomoyed. They said, I could sit and learn the whole time. It's, it's, it's a whole different world now. It's, okay, anyway, next topic of the Mishnah. Somebody who comes, Mimadina Sayam, and people who come from overseas are people who can take, and they came on Cholomoyed, they can take a haircut on Cholomoyed. So the more now says, Masnis in this mission that says you can do this, Deloka Rabbi Yehuda is not like Rabbi Yehuda. How do we know? Titania, for we learned in Abraisa, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, Habot Mimedina Sayam, anybody who arrives from overseas, Lo Yigalech cannot cut his hair. Now, why would he not let him cut his hair? So here's the question why are you going overseas? Why are you going overseas a couple of weeks? Why are you going overseas knowing you're going to come back on Cholomite? Now, we're not talking about a guy, let's say now, who was you know, going to Israel and he planned on staying a few days and then there was a war and you couldn't come back. But generally speaking, you know, you go, uh, you're coming from overseas, you're planning on coming back. And generally speaking, you're planning, you got your itinerary plotted out. don't know where I am. So, so you know, you know that Yom Tov, the holiday of Sukkos, is from here to here. Overseas, it's difficult. I understand, but you know that Yom Tov in Chalamoid is this week. You just don't uh, like a day before. Well, I'll go overseas and I'll come in. You have to. These guys were seasoned sailors. None of these guys don't know anything. You know, they have businessmen. They have to know what it means to. Now, where did they sail already? I don't know. Maybe they sailed from Israel to uh, Cyprus, to Gibraltar. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Gibraltar. That'll be overseas, That's for sure. Right? And you know, and I don't know how fast you can cross the Caribbean without a motorboat. Caribbean, Mediterranean. not the Caribbean, the Mediterranean. <laughs> without a motor, they didn't have motorboats in those days. So how oh, fast really? would it, would it go from so, one end? On the wind. Oh, the winds. <laughs> exactly. Or whatever. So in other words, why you know why were you planning on going so close to to Yonta when you're coming back on Cholamayim? So therefore, he holds He went without authority of others, but under his own authority, since he was not compelled to travel abroad. Uh, this is going to be the discussion now. But left voluntarily, his failure to groom himself before Yonta is not considered unavoidable. Unavoidable. Hence, he may not cut his hair when he returns home from Cholomite. Other commentaries are troubled by the phrase Shalom Rishus without permission, which usually commit, connotes the commission of a transgression. But how can traveling abroad be considered a transgression? Therefore, they explain like the rivet who says, it's because someone who left Israel to travel abroad inasmuch as leaving Israel is a transgression under normal circumstances, you're not allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael. If you live in Eretz Yisrael, generally... We're not, that's an iser. That's according to this interpretation, the returning is not permitted to cut his hair during the Lamoid because he's ability to do so before the festival resulted from his initial transgression. Anyway, actually, some of the permitted cases of Mishnah also involved in initial transgression, <laughs> such as being excommunicated who is released from a ban. Why was he excommunicated? Because he was a nice guy? He didn't want to give his wife a divorce, let's say. Why should he be permitted to cut his hair? Matzemus Moshe explains, although the, the excommunication did indeed transgress, 
He did not anticipate at that time that his punishment could result in his being unable to groom himself before the festival. The traveler, however, should have realized that he might not be able to groom himself prior to his turn. So Rabbi Yehuda is basically saying, I don't give a leniency for a traveler who comes back. Aha, uh-huh. so our Mishnah that does give the leniency is not like Rabbi Yehuda. It clearly cannot be like Rabbi Yehuda. Now we have to ask ourselves, coming up in a minute, what, it, what does that mean you're not allowed to leave? Now, what are the, all the possible reasons why a person would take a boat across the sea? You tell me all the possible reasons. A merchant who buy, goes to buy spices or whatever. Okay, a merchant. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now, what if he doesn't go? Then he doesn't have nothing to sell. And then what happens? Suffers his business. Okay, and then what happens? And the money. I okay, so now, right, so what if he can't make Parnassa? Right. So you mean a guy can never leave to make Parnassa? Yeah. He has to leave to make Parnassa. Right. So what do you mean he went without permission? If you tell him he went for a cruise. Oh, okay. Okay, what's happens? You have to take a cruise, mamish, to come back a Cholomoid? Take a cruise another time. You want to go to Thailand? Good, go to Thailand. You have to do it, punk, that you're going to come back a Cholomoid? But if you have to do business... So now this opens up a whole Pandora's box. What do we mean that you didn't have permission to do this? So now, so what do we have so far? The Gemara is telling us clearly, our Mishnah says you can come back on Cholomoy and take a haircut. Our Mishnah is not like Rabbi who says, no, if you do that, you cannot take a haircut. So now we have to understand where are they arguing and where may they not be arguing. So comes along Rava. And says like this, lawsuit just to roam around for pleasure, a pleasure cruise. There does no machlokas, our Mishnah or this brisa. Direhakol aser. Even the chachamim in our Mishnah, you can't go just for a cruise. Can't come back a and get a haircut. That's not machlokas. Limizonos, if it's for purposes of a livelihood. Everybody says it's okay. Even the Chachamim say he comes back because he has to have food. How, who's going to pay for the Cholamite food that he has to eat? The Yontav food he has to eat. Right? Interesting question. If all agree that in this case the travelers were meant to cut his hair during Cholamite, why did the Gemara above summarily conclude that our mission does not go according to review this ruling? More could have reconciled the two opinions by stating that our Mishnah is permitting haircutting when one went for a livelihood, or Yehuda's prohibiting when not, for touring. So that is a whole discussion and machlokas over here. There's questions on this. But anyway, but they're saying, well, there's no... So where is the machlokas? It's only when you want to profit even more. Where there's two types of business. Going out for a short trip for your mamish need, the, the funds are low, you don't have money, you don't have, your mamish got to go or you're not going to have food. Hey, guy, I'm doing okay, but uh, I want to make a big m- lot of money. Some diamonds, precious diamonds, way beyond. So that's not pleasure, but it's not 100% necessity. I mean, he's allowed to make a lot of money, but why do you have to plan making a lot of money by Cholomite? You can go another time to do that. That is the in-between. So therefore, what do we consider that? Rabbi Yehuda compares that to pleasure traveling. And one considers this is more like a necessity. And that's the machlokas, the chachamim and Rabbi Yehuda. 
Come in our Mishnah, say, well, you can come back even if it's for making a lot of profits, you can take a haircut. Rabbi Yudah says for a lot of profits, you can't. That's where we'll leave this Machlokas. Tomorrow we're going to ask questions on these different opinions on that. All right. Yes, Shakaya. Good start.